Welcome to the Marketing Millennials, the No BS Marketing Podcast. I'm Daniel Murray, and join me for unfiltered conversations with the brains behind marketing's coolest companies. The one request I tell our guests, stories or it didn't happen. Get ready to turn the f*** up. Hey, Marketing Besties. It's Aiden Brannigan back again with another episode of the Marketing Millennials Hill Mash. All right, now we've chatted with some seriously incredible marketers over the last three years. And if you're a regular, you know the one question we always ask our guests. What's the one marketing hill you would die on? Now we're 219 episodes in, so you know what that means. 219 marketing hot takes. And today we're revisiting five of the very best and kicking it off with Becca Sherman, the chief operating officer of Workweek. So what's Becca's marketing hill she would die on? That people aren't craving connections with brands, they're craving real human associations. That's right. According to her, the creator trend isn't going anywhere. Creators are the future of media. We as a culture are much more interested and much more willing to connect with people rather than brands and institutions. We've seen brands like Barstool lean into personality And you are a fan of a person at Barstool. You are a fan of, even in traditional media, you're a fan of like a particular news anchor often if you're a a TV news watcher. So a hill I'll die on is we are, the creator trend is not going to die, especially in the world of TikTok and Twitter and all the social media we have. People are only going to become more dedicated and invested in the personalities and the people they like. And the more you can connect with your audience in an authentic way, the more you're going to be able to connect with them and share your thoughts in many different ways. If your marketing team doesn't have a seat at the table when it comes to product development, then what the hell are you doing? Seriously, Sheeta Verma wants to know. Here's what this scrappy startup marketer had to say, and sometimes it pays to take risks. Marketing needs a seat at the table, especially when it comes to product development. Marketing is a part of product development, and this is so, so, so ignored by many companies. Many companies think product is separate and marketing's job is to just keep pushing out the product. But the thing is, marketing knows exactly what the target audience needs. It's seeing the customer's behavior. It's understanding retention. And so based on the behaviors of our customers and users, marketers are able to analyze that and see all the red flags in a product. And so when product doesn't give marketing a seat at the table, it ends up not being as successful as it could be because they're not making sure that the right people are a part of the conversation. Also, I think what you said too is marketers have, if the marketers don't have a seat in the table, they end up doing the over-promising and under-delivering because that's the only way they, they can grab attention at the end of the day. So I think if you give them the chance to the table, you could be, hey, these people want XYZ features. They care. Their pain is XYZ. So we should make a product that fulfills this actual pain instead of marketers having to say, we do this, this, and this, and they keep, the product doesn't deliver. And then what you said before, they churn at the end because... They don't care about what the actual product is. So the product being in the seat of the table too. And also people forget like 
brand is every touch point that a customer has or audience has with you. And your product is probably the most things that your customer touches. So marketing touch point should be all over that. They should be touching every part of that, making sure the messages are aligned. Our next hot take comes from Cassie Petrie, someone who's worked with the likes of Britney Spears and Camila Cabello. I think I pronounced that correctly. Her best advice, be an early adopter of new social media platforms. I think something I really strongly believe in is that being an early adopter of new tools or social media platforms has such a massive advantage. And, you know, the downside could be that you spent time using a new tool or creating content or joining a platform that didn't have an audience yet, but the upside is so huge if that platform goes. A lot of the biggest, most followed people on TikTok are the most followed because they were some of the first people there. A lot of the most followed people on Twitter, especially at the beginning, were the most followed because they were the first people there and they weren't afraid to use a tool before it was widely accepted. I think the biggest winners in social media are the ones who are open to trying a new tool that has potential and being okay if it doesn't work. But if you get in that, if you're in early and then something goes through that heavy sign up phase like TikTok did in 2020 and you already had an established audience, you were getting recommended to be followed by people. You were, you you had probably had a golden moment if you were there earlier and already had some kind of audience. So I'm a very strong believer in early adoption with tools and platforms. If you think about your content as a product at the end of the day, you want to have like the most early mover advantage on that platform. Otherwise, you're going to be get in the classic marketing problem that everybody has is you get caught in the noise and you can't get enough attention. But you, can, you, you capture all the attention on the platform if you're like the, the first 5% on that platform. Absolutely. Those are the biggest wins I've had in my career. I remember when Britney Spears was number one on Twitter. She was number one on Twitter because she was one of the first people to use the platform. Uh, you know, Lauren Gray was number one on TikTok because she had used it for several years as Musical.ly when in, tw- in 2020, she's the most followed person on the platform. And it all comes down to like, yes, there are other things that those people do that are obviously important, but them signing up at the time they signed up was a big part of why they were able to have those number one most followed spots on platforms like that. Yeah, I mean, all the ones that I could think are big started really early, like Charlie and Josh Richards and all these people. Josh Richards was a Musical.ly guy that became, so it's just interesting. One of the biggest things new content marketers suffer from is content distribution. B2B marketer Ross Simmons, one of my favorite followers on Twitter, at the coolest cool, is ready to ride or die that if you ever want to unlock new goals, you must get past your fear of promoting your own content. I'm confident that you're going to know my answer to this, but it is the fact that I think most people don't distribute their content enough. Most brands don't distribute their content enough. I think that it's the ultimate issue 
in the internet culture today. And it's not just brands, it's human beings as well. I know a lot of people who invest a lot into their personal brands, they press publish on a blog post and they don't share it more than once. And I think that's a mistake. I think a lot of people don't realize that there are billions of people in the world and that their content could help those people if they got out of their own way. But between imposter syndrome with the fear of being judged, the fear of being kind of unfollowed on social media, people are timid and afraid to promote their content. But you need to get over that. You need to recognize that at the end of the day, folks, we go through this life once and if somebody unfollows you, it's not actually gonna be something that you probably lose sleep over when you're about to take your last breath. So just promote that piece of content distribute that piece of content because one piece of content can fundamentally change your life. I can point to multiple pieces of content that I've created over the years that weeks after, months after, years after I reshared and I unlocked a new level, a new step, a new goal and a new objective that I set for myself because I promoted some content. So I strongly encourage people to think about that deeply. Think about the fact that you should be distributing your content. If you wanna learn about distributing your content, drop me a line, I'm happy to chat about it, happy to share some links and resources as well. But there is nothing that I think is more underrated than distribution of content. I think we underestimate the power of it and more people and brands need to invest in it. I mean, I totally agree with you. I, even being a, loan content creator for a while i still have a pillar of channels that i i focus 100 percent on but i i know the power of taking it just a simple screenshot and putting it on linkedin and seeing how that goes <laughs> and how simple that yeah. could be if you build it they will come the iconic saying from the great movie field of dreams one of my favorite personal movies of all time at least that's the rule Jack Reigns lives by when it comes to content. Write it well and your audience will hit subscribe. Here's what the Young Money newsletter founder had to say about growing your audience. I think one, people worry too much about the growth hacking or marketing strategies. But at the end of the day, the best marketing strategy is producing phenomenal content. If you write an article that people like, they're going to share it. If you have a useful newsletter that provides a lot of value, People are going to tell their friends about it. If your content isn't really good, it doesn't matter if you do paid ads, if you do cross promotions, you can do whatever you want. Your growth isn't going to be great and your engagement rate is going to be low because the content is low quality. So if the content isn't just A plus, nothing else in marketing matters. Like the content is effectively the most important marketing strategy. The other thing, and this might like, you might disagree, different creators might disagree with this. But I think the most effective way for growing, like expanding your audience, especially in written content like newsletters and blogs, is finding ways either through cross promotions or just having websites that would like to share your content because they find it interesting, but finding ways to leverage other people's audiences. For example, Zero Hedge, which is a very kind of libertarian right wing like finance economics side, they post like they post a lot of stuff and they have articles going out all the time, but they have a massive reader base. Like millions of people are checking out their site every month. And I wrote this piece called FU Money, which was based on an Asim Talib quote about like the optimal amount of wealth and how it's not like a high end of a spectrum. It's a, a mid range. Like you can effectively have too much or too little money where it lowers your quality of life. And Zero Hedge, I guess one of their editors had read it and they loved it. And they asked me if they could share the piece on their side. 
And I said, sure, like, yeah, that would be great because it's going to get a lot of traction. And if any of their readers like it, they'll subscribe to my stuff. Um, Hedgeye, a big finance group, they, same thing. They have me like basically cross posting one of my old pieces on their site every week. And these are websites that get hundreds of thousands to millions of views. So I don't have to pay for the marketing because it's a win-win for them. It's more quality content to put on their site. that They don't have to create and they don't pay me for. And for me, they have a massive audience and I attract some of that audience onto, I, onto my email list every time I publish. So I think that's the best marketing strategy I have is just integrating my work into these bigger audiences and then pulling some of those readers onto my mailing list. I don't think the marketing millennials, like I don't think if you, if you see like the root of the marketing millennials, it's, supporting other creators work and i think that is kind of what you're doing with that sharing your work as a creator i i see myself more as a i love creating but i also like love curating so i see myself as a curator and i think a lot of the time is like i'm not forcefully like i don't i'm not trying to piggyback off this audience their audiences but a lot of times when you give reciprocity off the audience, they end up sharing it to their audience. Like, so what you're kind of doing, I'm just like sharing, hyping them up. So we both have a one-one, they get a one-one because I'm sharing their content. And then when they like it, they share it to their audience. So it's kind of what you're doing, but in a, a different model. Um, so I'm, I totally agree. When it's with other individuals, like other people that are writing their own newsletter or blog, I think very similarly, even if it's sharing it on Twitter, like I have over 11,000 Twitter followers, which is a decent sized audience. And if I see an article that somebody wrote, that's great. Like I'm sharing it on my feed. I'll occasionally link. If there's something just a phenomenal piece that I read or podcast that I listen to, I'll link it at the top or bottom of uh, one of my blog posts. So I, I agree a hundred percent. It's, it, it's, it's a hundred percent a win-win because yeah, creators should support each other. Like we're all, out here trying to accomplish the same goals. But if you have a bigger like institutional site, like uh, a Hedgeye, um, a Zero Hedge, or even like a Bloomberg or a Huffington Post, if you could like have like a opinion piece that you submit, like those massive groups, they don't really need cross promotion because they have millions of readers already. But if they're willing to share your stuff on their sites as an individual creator, it's just massive exposure that you can't get anywhere else. Yeah, I love that. I, I I see that all the time with people producing on Forbes and like marketing sites and yeah. stuff like yeah. that in the marketing side. I totally agree. I think it's a if you're a good writer and can produce good content and what you said before, like if it's not A plus content, don't submit it because otherwise it's just going to make you hurt your reputation. But yeah. if you're doing what you're doing, I, I 100% support that strategy. So I know this is the world's tough to predict right now, but what's one marketing trend you're seeing right now that marketers should jump on? I think there's a bigger and bigger movement towards like, and I don't know if this would be a marketing trend or just kind of a content trend in general, but like the empowerment of the individual creator, which obviously you guys are right in the middle of that with work week. Um, but like, like trunk fan is a great example. Like, that guy wears a million different hats, but he's kind of a solo entrepreneur running his courses. He's working with you guys. You're right. Some Bloomberg. And if you're a marketer, being able to sign like either sponsorships or partnerships with individuals who are plugged in across like a number of different fields that give exposure, 
I think is one of the best trends to watch because I think it's a healthier partnership. It comes off as a lot more authentic than just looking like, oh, like I paid somebody to like, you'll just see sometimes where you, it's like, oh, like they paid this company to tweet about this or this or that. Um, I think it's moving a lot away from the, the Bloombergs or the Forbes or the CNNs or the Foxes, like the bigger brands where the individuals are kind of becoming their own brands. And I personally think that individuals have more engaged audiences because it feels more personable. Like if you're reading a specific person's content, it feels more like you know the writer than if you're reading general Bloomberg content, for example. So establishing like business relationships with up and coming creators is probably going to be a very good return on investment, like for marketers over the next few years. I love that. I think the the keyword like business relationships. I think don't treating not treating them like billboards and actually treating them right. like business entities. I think that's where a lot of companies miss. It's like oh, they're just a billboard for my marketing campaign. Thanks so much for listening. Tune in next week to hear more great insights from marketing's coolest operators. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing to the Marketing Millennials podcast and giving it a five star rating. It helps bring more marketers into our community.